Aloha, I'm Marcia Sortino. Welcome to Pay Radio, talk radio worth listening to. To all our regular listeners, thank you for coming back. To all our new listeners, congratulations. You just discovered one of the most powerful talk radio shows there is. As we get ready for this class, I suggest you find something to take notes with. Every show is packed with all sorts of inspiring, insightful ideas, ahas, and breakthroughs. While you find some paper and a pen, I wonder, how many people do you know are paid to learn, then paid to teach what they learn? I'll put that another way. I'm both a student and a teacher of Pay Me What I'm Worth. By the time I complete my class as a student, the money I'm paid to teach Pay Me What I'm Worth will cover what I paid Seoul University, and then some. At the end of our class, I'll tell you how to become a paid student and teacher for this life-changing journey. It's time to meet my class. We decided to be collectively known as Team Seekers. Here they are. This is Cindy Ashline from Slingerlands, New York. Thank you for joining us on our radio show. I hope that you will be inspired by what you hear today. Kyle Davis, Lewiston, Maine. This is Doug Doherty. I'm from Sooner Country, Norman, Oklahoma. Howdy, y'all. This is terrific Tanya Heathcote from the beautiful state of Tennessee, wishing you better brain health. Hi, Manita Kinlan here, wishing you a great day from Wind River, Wyoming. Hey, everybody. Green Mays, and I am from Latrobe, Pennsylvania. This is Shirley May, Cincinnati, Ohio. This is David H. Paul from St. Cloud, Minnesota. Hello, Chris Peters, and I'm from Brandon, Manitoba, Canada. Rick and I live in Hawaii. Aloha. Aloha. This is Cheryl from Hawaii. Hello, everybody. This is Agnes Talley in Fayetteville, North Carolina. We're the home of the dogwood tree with its beautiful white flowers in the spring of the year. And finally, Aloha, Soul here, author of Pay Me What I'm Worth and Marsha's co-pilot on this journey. I hope we've given you enough time to grab a pad of paper and a pen to take notes. Our class starts now. Two terms I'd like us to talk about. Here's our question. What's the difference between expectations and agreements? Uh, the difference between expectations and agreements. An expectation is something that's a personal thing, and it's something that's directed out. A, an agreement is something that's interpersonal. It's between myself and maybe one or more other people. An expectation means I think a certain way, or I have an opinion about, or I have a feeling about, or I have a want regarding somebody else. I expect or I want you to do something for me. I expect you to behave a certain way. I think you're going to think this way. The sun's going to come up tomorrow. It's something outside that, I, that I'm looking at. An agreement is like this. I agreed to pay Marcia $100 a month to participate in this group. It's okay. something that she and I, it was an exchange. There was an exchange involved. And in that case, it was a monetary exchange, but it was also a trust exchange. So there's an exchange. Somebody's giving and somebody's receiving. And in all agreements, 
both parties have to agree to whatever they gave and whatever they received. Thank you. Okay. Anybody else have their thoughts about it? Basically, I look at an expectation as what I want to see happen or the outcome that I expect to happen, obviously. An agreement is what we set to and either to myself or with others agree to have the outcome in advance. Okay, expectations. It's a strong belief that something will happen or something that I expect you to do. It's a presumption or a conjecture of something that I expect you to do. And an agreement is kind of binding where you agree to certain things that we have we've talked about and things like that. Like if, if you agree to blog post within a certain period of time and you say you're going to, then that's what I expect you to do and carry out the agreement. If you're going to do something for your business and then you agree to it and we can either do it together or we can do it separately, but I expect that to be done. So that's basically it for me, I guess. Corrine? An expectation is feel or premise based on either probability or feeling like Dave said. I expect it may rain. I expect certain people will do this. I expect I will get the job. An agreement generally is much more concrete. Like if you have the expectation you get the job, you're not working there until actually signing an agreement. Like an agreement is generally a contract or something binding with a handshake or something where specific terms have been set. An expectation does not necessarily have specific terms as it's based on, as I said, feeling or probability. So one is very abstract being the expectation and one is very concrete being the agreement. They're important to differentiate because a lot of people sometimes will mistake those. Based on this same question, is it different when you have expectations for yourself or when you have expectations on other people? What do you think? Does it feel different? Normally, I consider myself a harder judge on me than others. <laughs> the level of disappointment or loss you feel by not having those expectations met. And it depends on if it's by a stranger or if it's by a close friend or an expectation of yourself. Based on who is doing the, the letting down, I guess, is, is makes a big difference on how you feel about it. I judge myself harder. If I let myself down, I probably feel worse than, than when others let me down because I don't necessarily have that high expectations of others, but I do of myself. So I guess learning how to balance that is, is important. You just said that you were harder on yourself. I yeah, most of the time, yeah. I certainly beat myself up more over when I let myself down than hold it against somebody else that lets me down. So it's more longer process to get past it when it's myself. Okay. When you have expectations and you set your goals or whatever you, you're going to make for yourself, you need to remember to keep them reasonable because if you don't, you will just be greatly disappointed in yourself and then you will not accomplish anything because you'll give up. So that's my take on it. I wonder if anyone here has ever looked at that word expectation and really looked at it and said, hmm, I wonder if this is a control thing. I will say one thing for myself that's truly changed my perspective on expectations. I always ask myself, when I find myself 
thinking, oh, I really, I really expect this to happen. I really expect somebody to do something or I really expect myself to get something done. When that comes up in my mind or if I write something down or if I have an experience like that, I ask myself, which end of the emotional stick am I on? Am I on the love end of the stick or am I on the fear end of the stick? What I find for myself is when I have expectations that are on the love end of the stick, life goes easy. (laughs) My expectations tend to line up with good things in other people and I start finding those good things showing up in my life. When I have fear uh, expectations of myself and other people, I tend to manifest all kinds of problems and worries and disgust and, and disappointment. You talk about control. I find <laughs> control, ex- control, or the verb of that, controlling, to be on that fear end of the stick. Boy, if she does this again, I'm gonna. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll tell you, when I first started, it was like I really started to take a look at the difference that I was doing things without that worry, without that doubt, without the fear, without, basically, without even expectation. And I just started getting into that energy that felt good. It just felt good. And it made it so much easier for me to just, come and invite people to take a look at what I was doing. And I don't think I've ever felt that way before. This was the first time I felt that way. I do know that I was going through the process where I was just starting to chat with people and get to um, really start getting to the point where I wanted to really talk with the person. And David, that's what you and I did. So it felt really good because I wasn't really thinking about how am I going to do this or what do I say to them. I just was in that flow of energy that said, feels good, I want to share myself with others. And I was able to break that pattern where I had to be in control of it all. And all of a sudden, it was like I felt the energy just leading me to people to talk to. Who wants this? (laughs) felt really good. I was at a gig Monday and I accidentally played a note wrong in a song, which, okay, that doesn't sound like a big deal, but it threw off the song. And I noticed and I got called out for it. And even though like I got called out by another member and I wasn't happy about it, I'm going to be much more tougher on myself than anyone else to make sure next time that I don't miss any notes. So when it comes to expectations, definitely a lot tougher on myself because to me, at least my life philosophy, I have personal responsibility over me. If somebody else breaks an expectation, I agree with Dave, you want to think for the best, but I have no control ultimately over other people, but I have personal constitution over myself. At the end of the day, I have to put myself to an expectation and if I don't hit something, nine times out of ten, I have to look in the mirror, as painful as it is. By doing that, it can make me stronger and can make me resolve the problems and the mistakes so I don't make them next time. When it comes to other people, I generally try and expect the best because generally if you expect the worst, if someone's going to let you down, chances are you will manifest that. So I do agree with David on that regard as well. 
To me, agreements are where you, two people can completely come to terms with a decision together. An expectation is when one of the parties expects the other to go along with what decision they've made and they haven't considered the other person's feelings, opinion, or their decision. Okay. Rick? I really like Chris's explanation of that. Uh, we're on the same page on a lot of things. Yeah, expectations. It's something that, if we talk about people, it's something you might expect them to do or something like that. But agreements are where two people see eye to eye is how I look at it. I mean, that's how Chris put it better than I could put it. He put it good. So I, I, I like the way you put it. it was, I wrote it down. Cheryl? Yes, I would say that expectations, the outcome would be different with expectations and agreements because expectations would be everybody would expect something different and not agreeing on anything. And the outcome would be different if everyone made an agreement because everybody wouldn't be going in their own direction. Okay. Fair enough. Carl, what's your thoughts about the terms expectations and agreements? I believe that expectation is we put on ourselves or other people put on us that we expect something done or what have you, and the expectation. I believe an agreement is something that we agree on as one, what they did on the declaration. They all agreed on one and all signed. But an expectation is far different than that. It's something you expect of yourself or somebody expects of you. Okay. We're getting different flavors, different perspectives. There's little nuanced differences to each. Who has a story about when they were blindsided from they thought they had an agreement, but some expectations kind of seeped into the agreement and they weren't talked about, and then that agreement got changed. Over time, expectations like weeds, grew and the expectations seemed to alter the agreement? Actually, I had that with my ex-girlfriend. We had agreed, <laughs> I love it, that I would move in with her at some point. Now, I didn't specify exactly when. I said, yeah, in a couple of years, perhaps. And then she went, well, what about this year? Well, and I said, no, not really, don't really want to. And then a year would go by and I'd say, no, I don't really want to because there was a lot of fighting going on between us. And she's like, well, I'm going to leave you because this relationship isn't going anywhere. And I said, didn't we agree that I would live with you if it was best for me and that I would choose to do that when I felt like I wanted to live with you? She said, well, I'm not going to wait forever and gave me a lot of ultimatums in the process. I finally just said, okay, well, then you can go and do what you want because nobody's going to control me. And then that was it. We ended up breaking up, so it, it was a tough time. I went through about eight months of intense grief. I've met somebody a thousand times better, so the saying is true, when one door closes, another opens. Mm, good example. Good example. Others? This has been many a times in my life. I've had an agreement with a certain person, or this, that, and the other one, a mechanic job, and then they turn around and then they didn't come through on the agreement. I expected them of it, and I was really dependent, and it was kind of a stressful situation because I depended on my wheels at the time. 
Well, Kyle, you bring out a very key point. You're going to discover that one of our first steps together on our journey is I'm asking you to make an agreement with yourself. Yeah? Isn't that what that contract is that I'm asking you to sign in the, the beginning of our book is you're making an agreement with yourself. You're saying, yeah, you're going to carve out the time. You're going to carve out what you need to do to take this journey together. Yeah? Most definitely. You have to carve out the time to work on the betterment of yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I wholeheartedly believe in that. So as we begin to start, what's really important is we dust off the differences between an expectation and an agreement. The number one thing that makes something an expectation for me is this nasty word known as assumption. <laughs> You've all seen that little ideogram of what happens when you, you chop up the word assumption. Yep. <laughs> Isn't that true? That assumptions oh, yeah. breed expectations? That's cool. Oh, yeah. Makes an ass out of you and me. Ha! <laughs> ass too. Yeah. Ass out of you and me. <laughs> yep. Part of my goal is I'm preparing us all for way down the line in Chapter 8, we do something called performance-based contracts. Chapter 9, we look at ethics and integrity. It all boils down to with an agreement, there should be a mutual alignment between what you say and what you do. Yeah? Yes, sir, I agree. Who has a story about a time where you really aligned words with deeds with someone else and something pretty cool happened? I remember the time that my wife and I sat down at the dinner table and we decided that we were going to sell our house and we decided on a price. And the next day, the guy drove, I forgot to put the, the chain and lock the gate. And the next day, this guy drove down our half mile uh, driveway. He drove right up into the driveway, opened the door and said, would you like to sell this place? I said, as a matter of fact, we would. My wife and I just agreed last night that we would sell this place. And the man said, I'll be back tomorrow with a contract and the money. So, and he was. And he was. <laughs> and we were in agree. We sat down, we agreed. Like, okay, we want to sell it, and we agreed on the price, and poof, no realtor. Nice. <laughs> so I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Anybody want to speculate why I'm being nitpicky? Well, you're trying to get us to dig into ourselves, pull forth the things that you want to help us with, and the only way you can help us with anything is if we let you know what types of challenges and problems we're dealing with. Mm-hmm. Chris, that's a good start. I believe you're trying to get into the inner part of our mind to figure us out. I really enjoy that, that someone is interested enough to probe into my mind to, so I can actually find myself. So I thank you for being there for us. So. Well, it's my pleasure. That's what else? You. There's something a little even more devious under any, underway here. Anybody got an idea of what devious tool I'm digging out here? Our subconscious intentions. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Oh, boy. I'll go with that for now. What do I win, Alex? <laughs> <laughs> As I asked you to sign your contract, and that contract was between you and who else? Me. 
Yep. Me, myself, and I. Me, myself, and I. So here's the deal. If you place expectations on yourself and you create agreements with yourself and these expectations start undermining your agreements with yourself, we got kind of a cluster, don't we? <laughs> yep. The point, this journey is about you. You and you alone. This journey, even though Rick and Cheryl are partnered, this journey is for Rick and this journey is for Cheryl. Cheryl focuses on Cheryl, Rick focuses on Rick. Chris focuses on Chris, but not Cheryl or Rick. Carl focuses on Carl, not Cheryl, Rick, or Chris. Yeah? Absolutely, yeah. I agree. You're going to notice people start saying, well, you know, Chris, according to what you're saying, here's what you need to do, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Wrong answer. <laughs> I love it. I don't like anybody telling me what to do, so we're going to get along just fine. So, <laughs> Well, here's the problem, though, Chris, is all of a sudden you may start being telling yourself what to do, and that could open up some cans of worms. Aha. Aha. What are some of the ahas? Who had an aha? I had an aha there when Crane was talking there. I got the, the idea to turn this question around a little bit. What do you feel or, or how do you feel about expectations others put on you? Because we were talking about how we had expectations of ourselves and of others, but what about the expectations that other people put on you and how you feel about when that happens? My brain's working right now. Can't you hear the squeaking wheels? <laughs> um, this is the thing, man. I've always gone my own way in life. I'm going to give you guys some examples of reasonable expectations. My wife in the Philippines expects me to be faithful to her and not sleep with other women because we have a very strong love and passion for each other and she's sacrificing so much, saving money, making money, and going to bust her ass to get to Canada. That's reasonable, and I don't even really consider that an expectation. That's just a parameter of trust. So relationships, I think, do have expectations, but they're not bad expectations, and they're not expectations that are forceful, and if they are, then it's no longer trust or love. It's manipulation and it's control. Good stuff. Good that stuff. What well else said. has been cooking? Wow. What else is coming up? Something that just came up from what Chris said that for me, this is David, in that love relationship where you've established reasonable expectations, they kind of harden into givens or agreements. They may not be written. They're unwritten. You take it on faith. And when you get to that take-it-on-faith level, that then becomes kind of, for me, I see it as a, it's a mutual beneficial agreement. It may not be written, it may not be in stone, but it's in terms of emotional. Yeah, that sucker's in stone. <laughs> so that's what came up for me. I go down to the store, and there's a lady down there, and almost every time I go in there and I buy her a peppermint patty, she says, you don't have to do that. No, I said, I know I, it, it's not an expectation, I said, but he said, I don't expect you to do that. I said, well, that's all right. I want to do that. And she says, oh, that's very nice of you. That kind of relationship is not really an expectation, so to speak, but
but I want to. And that's the thing. I believe that deep in my inner soul, I want to give and give and give to people. And sometimes I'm a little overbearing of my giving. But at any rate, i got to start thinking of myself more than I do others. That's why I'm in, the, in this. Because I never put myself and gave myself a lot of credit, as a lot of people have on this call, I'm sure. And that's why I'm here. That's my expectations of it, to own my own mind, soul. I never really realized I was giving it all the way to others. They wasn't expecting it of me, but I was just freely giving it away. So that's another thing. Well, Carl, you bring up a very foreign item for Marsha. Marsha, did you understand anything what Carl's dealing with at all? (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. First of all, when I used, what I used to think about the word expectation is I always did think that I should be able to expect, especially since my day talks about expecting good things to happen. But I realized something as I thought about that and as we had progressed into our classes, my faith also did not have that balance with giving and receiving. Like I was completely off balance there. So that I had to take a look at it. When Christina came to me one day, you came to me one day, and you both asked me, am I being paid what I'm worth? Whoa. I really had that realization that it's been five years I've been on this journey, and no, I haven't been paid what I'm worth ever yet. <laughs> I had, to, I had to realize some things about what I was doing and how I was thinking about things and how it was off balance for me. I had never thought about those things before. So, This is why I ask all of you to sign a contract with yourself. And when we sign contracts with ourselves, it's a contract of one, party of one, if I start making expectations that are going to undermine my own agreement, what am I doing to myself? You're self-sabotaging yourself. I realize I haven't had any agreements with myself to work out or to get into a specific fitness goal. And that's why I've just had expectations. And if I didn't get them, I'd, I'd stop going to the gym, which is terrible. So now I'm actually looking to sign a contract with myself so I can consistently keep working out and get it in my mind that I can't leave until an expectation turns into a solid agreement that you can say, okay, I signed this, I'm committing to it. Then it really starts to manifest. Bingo. Bingo. Can you feel my desire that this contract with yourself is just that? Marsha, in your journey as a student in Team Clarity, did I come down on you and say, Marsha, this is what you need to do? Never. You never do give us any answers, Soul. You make me dig for mine. (laughs) (laughs) I have to figure it out myself, which is perfect. It's perfect because it lets me be at my pace. It lets me really discover more as I think about the questions that you pose to us. And I think that really helped me a lot. It really helped me to take a different perspective on how I'm doing this, what I'm doing. My goal of this first part is as we get together on this journey, 
it's really important to eliminate expectations. Be mindful of our agreements. And our agreements can change, folks. Our agreements can change. As long as we communicate those changes in advance and everybody agrees with the changes, you're still in alignment, yeah? Yes. Our next question is, part of week's one assignment was to read the preface and sign the contract. As you were reading the preface, it, it kind of gave you an overview of our journey. What are some of the feelings? What are some of your thoughts about signing your contract with yourself? I think it's given me grounding, so to speak, that I am pushing myself to do this no matter what. And I'm determined to do it, and that's why I signed the contract, because I know in my heart and my soul that I want it. So I think that signing that contract was another way to remind me that, hey, I made this commitment to myself, and I'm going to stick to it. Cool. Thanks, Chris. That was awesome. How about you, Cream? For me, me, I think the contract really put a commitment, as Chris was saying, to go through something. It actually, because I can think about something all day. I can write that I'm going to go and work out, like I was saying, or I'm going to go and work for eight hours or, or do anything. But until you really write it down, it's almost like putting the blueprint for the house. So I know I'm going to build the house. I just signed the contract that it's like a job. Like I signed that I'm going to work here for this much and get paid this much. Same thing. Now I know I'm committed to it and it's not something I can just say, well, it's a hobby. I'm not going to do it or I'm just doing it for fun. It's something I'm very committed to and something I'm going to try and make all the time. Beautiful. Okay. This is Rick in Hawaii. It's so weird for me signing the contract because I never signed a contract for myself or with myself before, and everything I've ever done in my life, I didn't even draw blueprints to build the house I'm standing in right now. Like when I went in the military, I fulfilled my contract. Yeah, now I'm signing it with myself, and I keep looking it over and over, and I felt like in my life, well, I never needed to sign contracts before to achieve everything I wanted to in my life, but maybe with this contract, I could achieve more. Awesome. So any ideas why I'm having you sign your own contract? Yeah, actually, that's one of the things that I just got out of this. Personally, when I first started asking myself these questions, or what I, my feelings were, I came up with a couple of things. The first was, uh, I first thought was that this isn't really so much about the money not being paid what I'm worth in money but as how I can feel contented with what I'm doing. And the other thing that I had on that was that I wanted to feel that what I was doing was rewarding and meaningful to others. But then as soon as I started listening to y'all talking about what the contract did for you, then I realized what the contract really boils down to is one thing for me. Basically, my whole life has been kind of scattered and all over the place. What my take on the contract with myself because uh, I have achieved things, uh, Rick said about the military. I went through the military. I got through boot camp, and that was an accomplishment. I fulfilled that contract. And I fulfilled, you know, all the different things that I've done that I've that I've achieved. Um, this is the first time that I my contract with myself. I focused in on getting really focused 
about being focused. <laughs> kind of an overall thing where no matter what it is I'm going after, I want to learn how to focus on that until that is what I consider to be accomplished and achieved and rewarding and helpful before I jump off on the next thing. And that's part of this contract with myself is not trying to please what other people's ideas of what I need to get done or checking off boxes of other people's requirements, but checking off my own boxes of when it feels that I've accomplished something rather than the activities being accomplished. Does that make sense? Makes sense to me. That was awesome, Doug. I loved it. Doug, <laughs> okay. uh, that was good. Thank you. Good job, man. One of the tricks that I became known for when I was doing consulting, specifically in project management, is people began to realize that I would give them as much rope as they needed to do one of two things, either swing to the next level or braid a rope and a noose. They set their own goals, they set their own expectations, they set their own guidelines, their own timelines. To me, when I make a commitment with myself, if I have to break that commitment with myself, there's something else bigger going on, yeah? Mm -hmm. So as a team, kindly remember, one of the ways that we can stay on board and get through this journey with a lot of fun, what is the difference between analyzing and exploring. Here's where some good blogging stuff could start happening is, what is the difference for you in your mind, if any, maybe there's not. I'm No assumptions here. Maybe it's the same thing in your mind. Explorer and analyzer. It's really key that we explore those two items as we get further into our ground rule settings. Marcia, do you remember what we were talking about when we threw out these two terms, explorer an analyzer? Yes, I did. <laughs> My idea is that when we explore, we put away our judge, our critic, and we just allow ourselves to be free with our thoughts. And as we think about our thoughts, we're not going to critique them. As we become free to discover, because to oh. discover is to explore. So as we begin to do that, we're not going to have that judge or that critic. Marcia, if you were to say between the time you started your journey with us and now, how has your analyzer adapted? How has your explorer adapted to this journey? Oh, my goodness. My analyzer has just been put on the back burner. And I have allowed my explorer to go in full force, which has really helped me to be able to just express myself even more so. I think that was key for me. Like, I didn't want to have to sit there and try and figure out what to say and how to say it. I just wanted to say what I had to say. From there, I would gather another thought, and I can just see better where I'm going as I explore my world as I explore myself and the questions you pose to us. Beautiful. Wow, that's Beautiful. awesome. Before we ring off, any ahas you want to share about tonight's adventure? As for me and when Marsha was talking about, like, her analyzer, I used to be 
really analytical, really scared of what circumstances, expectations, making agreements. I was very hesitant to do that. Now, as I get a little bit older, I start to feel more with my intuition. Some would call it following your heart. Someone would call it following your passion. And I start to make agreements and exceptions or, or expectations with the fact that I know I'm going to succeed and I know I'm going to get through whatever I, I do. And that makes me more effective, uh, not only doing this course, but in everything else. So that's what I have for tonight. That's awesome. I really realized what realized uh, making a goal is and uh, tonight as far as agreement and expectations. I never really thought of it in the way that everybody was bringing it about. Agreement with myself. I've never done that before. This is going to be a, a different experience. I never believed in New Year's resolutions because they always seem to get broken. And now this is really going to help me to be able to goal set. I never had a way to set a goal. I just went floating through the air, so to speak, and no landing place. So at any rate, I found my landing place. Thank you. Yay! <laughs> I'm thinking that my aha is gonna is still to come because I'm looking at the difference between exploring and analyzing. My mind is not, just hasn't quite wrapped around that yet. I'm still trying to figure it out. So <laughs> that's a but that's a really that's a really intriguing thought. Well, part of the way that we can continue on our class is I highly encourage everybody to get into their blogs, start writing your stuff down, and then visit each other's blogs and continue chatting with each other. One of the ways that Marsha and I can deepen our weekly phone calls, we're watching what you're blogging. We're watching what you're putting in the water cooler. We're watching your comments to the audio library and your thoughts of after you listen to this class again. We're monitoring all of that, and the more you use your tools, the more Marsha and I can really dive deeper into each of our weekly calls. Does that make any sense? Absolutely. Yes. Put it this way. If you assume that because I haven't talked on your blog or made a comment on your blog that I'm not watching, that would be a false assumption. <laughs> Hey, I love that. Keeping us in check, are ya? Keeping us in check, are ya? I see what you're doing. Aloha. <laughs> because this way, I know life happens. I know that things go by pretty quickly. By listening to the recorded call, you can catch what was missed, and then you can catch up by leaving comments, and we can continue on the dialogue as we go along throughout the week. Yeah? Yeah. Time to close this class. What did you get out of this show? We truly want to know. Simply post in the comment box at the bottom of this page. I'll be sure to share your comments with all team seekers. After hearing so many people experience so many ahas, I wonder, are you ready to take this class yourself? We start new classes each time we have 12 or more people ready to go. You're listening to Marcia Sortino, Team Seekers, Team Captain. 
Get in touch to learn how to become one of Pay Me What I'm Worth's paid instructors today. And remember, before you go, think about who else would enjoy our classes. Post this show on your social networking sites to help more people enjoy some weekly wit and wisdom. Aloha. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC.